The following is an encore presentation of Licensed to Parent. It's another episode of Ask Trace, where I ask questions on behalf of you, our listening friends. So every once in a while, we sit Trace Embry down and we ask him questions about parenting difficult teens. And as you know, Trace is the founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy, and they have successfully turned around many young people that are heading in the wrong direction. So Trace is skilled at working with teens and knowing what it takes to help your teen thrive. That's today on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm so glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is Trace Embry. He is the founder of Shepherds Hill and author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. Okay, so Trace, I'm curious that when a parent reaches out to Shepherds Hill for your help with their teen, what tend to be some of the main problems that you see happening Mm. with teens today? Yeah, the number one problem is that... uh, Parents have an unhealthy concern, and I'm just going to sound crazy at first, uh, for Junior's happiness. Mm. They want Junior to be happy at all costs. If it means uh, that they're not happy when they have to do chores, then Junior doesn't have to do chores. We've become uh, a child-centric family as opposed to you know, a parent-centric family. You know, when you kill the head, the body dies. The head should be dad, mom. It's not a democracy. It's a hierarchy. And it's just like any ministry. The problem is we've given so many choices, so many options, so much power and rule to our kids. And they're not able to handle it. And parents have this false notion that if Junior's smiling, that's my gauge as a successful parent. He's happy. What they don't realize is he, you know, scripture talks about even in laughter, the heart may ache. Mm-hmm. So your kid could be smiling all while rotting from the inside out. And so many of these kids are doing just that by the things they're exposed to on the internet, uh, by getting their way too often. You know, when you get your way too often, we used to call that spoiling our children. We don't require anything oh. of our kids. Okay, wait, wait. So what you're saying is that a child is going to be unhappy even though they're they're being raised in a child-centric home and they're getting their way and they're, quote, spoiled, they're unhappy inside. Is that what I'm hearing you say? It's exactly what you're hearing me say. Their soul is very unhappy. Remember, here's, here's the, again, it, all this stuff converges on one, one thing, and that is we are not primarily human beings who occasionally have spiritual experiences. Mm-hmm. We are fundamentally spiritual beings having a physical experience, an earthly experience. And uh, uh, parents should be... Uh, uh, raising their kids to the spiritual part of who they are. 
uh, they're not always, the kids uh, in the physical realm aren't always going to like what parents make them do. And mm-hmm. parents making their kids do much of anything anymore is kind of an archaic idea. But one thing that our kids here at Shepherd's Hill will tell us, and, and my wife and I take these kids out for what we call the Last Supper, the night before graduation, and we ask them all these questions. And one of those questions is, you know, what's something that Shepherd's Hill can never stop doing? And I think I've mentioned this before, but it's a, it comes out of the mouth of the kids. Never stop making us work with our hands and doing other things that we would not ordinarily uh, do on our own because it wasn't until we were made to do this or that or the other that we actually realized that we felt better about ourselves. We felt more human, more alive, more uh, part of something than we were. Uh, you know, it's, it's, the, the example I've used, I don't know if I used it on the radio program here, but uh, I had a swimming class when I was in eighth grade and they made you jump off the high dive. And if you didn't jump off the high dive into a, you know, a 12 foot deep pool, you didn't pass swimming. Well, just one kid that uh, he, he was so petrified that uh, you know he found himself crawling out to the end of the the, uh, the diving board, and then to the point of hanging off the diving board. And so the coaches are taking these long poles and poking his kid in the ribs until he finally lost one grip of one hand, lost the other, and then splashes belly flops into the water. Now. By today's standards, people would say, well, that's what, that borderline's abuse. That kid should have not have been made to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that kid wasn't going to drown. There was too many people there who, who weren't going to let that happen. What did that kid do? He comes out of the water and asked if he could do it again from a standing position because he, he got past a sticking point that his eighth grade mind wasn't able to get, wrap around the, the totality of the circumstance. The adult was. The adult made the kid do it and then now it's the kid's idea mm-hmm. well it's the same thing with with uh, uh you know raising your, your own kids you've got to make them do things and a, and an assortment of things that maybe they wouldn't otherwise try help me build the shed junior help me rebuild this carburetor uh let's uh, uh pull the uh, uh the engine off the lawnmower and go through that let's uh let's 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 weed the garden i mean a million different things and the mo- the more mundane the thing the kid does the more he realizes that there's there's actually some deep meaning in the very mundane things of life it's not they don't always have to have a you know, uh, a 300 like experience on the, on social media in order to feel significant or to get some kind of, you know, deep moral, uh, psychological, uh, return, uh, on the investment, uh, something as simple as, uh, you know, dusting the room, making mm-hmm. your bed, S- simple things like that that a lot of kids aren't made to do anymore because if they have, if they're made to do them, then, then the peacekeeping parents don't want to do anything to make the child do these things. And so the kid never really does know how to do them to any level of proficiency. And he starts feeling bad about himself. And, you know, when you throw in all the digital stuff and social media and the internet and blah, 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 then then you've compounded a million times over. You know, Trace, as I read the Bible, I see that um, God's love for us comes through in the fact that he laid down some boundaries for us. He He knows that we work best within boundaries. We just do for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but 
Are there parents today who do not see that in Scripture, and so they don't lay down boundaries? And what does that do to a child that does not have boundaries? Well, the first thing you have to do to understand the biblical boundaries is to open the Bible. And I don't see many, many parents doing that today. I mean, that's just the ugly truth. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They don't yeah. know what the Word of God says. We had that, that conversation a little bit earlier today. Uh, but boundaries, you know, uh, comedians, they will claim that uh, comedy is all about pushing past boundaries. Well, the most creative comedians are ones that work within the boundaries. Mm, you true. have to be more creative to work within the boundaries. Yeah. If you cheat the rules, that doesn't take any creativity. You know, you, you're looking for an advantage at all costs, and, and, the, and that cost usually comes back on yourself. It's making you less of a human being. So, so to make this point with our kids one time, I said, we're going to go out and play basketball. So we, we walked out toward the basketball court, but we went beyond the basketball court into a, a little field beyond. And I said, okay, guys, here's the ball. Uh, play basketball. No goals, no concrete, no boundaries, no nothing. Well, how we could play basketball? I said, well, you figure it out. You know, you don't want boundaries. Play and tell me who wins. Oh, they started getting the point why boundaries were so important. So, you know, you look at an old episode of, let's say, the Andy Griffith show. Mm -hmm. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, I love that. And yet, we, <laughs> yeah. And yet <laughs> operating within boundaries. And the, and the boundary true. was it, it has to be appropriate for everyone in the family. And when we've gotten away from that, we've, we've brought in content since basically the late 60s, early 70s, content that really wasn't appropriate for kids. And so parents got used to allowing their kids to see adult content, and it, it really started to twist things to the point now where, you know, I, I know families who, who watch the Game of Thrones with their kids. I know families who give their, their, their kids pornography mm. to teach them how to be men. To, you know, it's it's insane to give them drugs, give them condoms to go on, on dates. It was a slow frog in the kettle situation um, because they want they, they didn't want the boundaries, and then they 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 want to uh, give them a parachute. So when they cross the boundaries of what God's ecosystem actually is, they don't have to to experience the full dynamics of the consequences of pushing those boundaries. Like that's why they give condoms to their kids or the morning after pill. This messes with a kid's head, mm -hmm. but keeps them smiling. Right. <laughs> okay. So Trace, when you, let's say you, and I know you have, we have a lot of kids at Shepherd's Hill who are, who've come from a child centric home. What do you see when you start laying down these boundaries and then also give them stuff to do? And you say, Hey, I need mm -hmm. you to make your bed every morning. I need mm -hmm. you to do X, Y, and Z. What do you see happen to that child? Well, at the very first, it's pushback. Because the f first thing a lot of these kids will say when they see where they're going to live in these third world cabins that we have here, <laughs> there's a reason, there's a scientific reason for it, there's a mm. spiritual reason for it. It's to take away that sense of entitlement. But you get a little pushback. I'm not going to live in that. Well, not only are you going to live in it, you're going to help build one too. And, and they end up doing it. And then slowly, and, and I say slowly, it doesn't take long. It really doesn't take long to change a, a kid's behavior and perspective on things because he sees that it's actually working for him. It's, it's like a, a good coach on a, on a football team who makes their players do extraordinarily difficult things on the field uh, and expects results that the player him or herself would not do on their own. 
And that's why you need a coach because a coach can get more out of you than you will get out of you. And then once you realize that there's more to get out of you, you feel better about yourself. You actually think that you can compete, whether it's on the sports field or the business world or in, in, in the relational world. And, uh, you know, you, you, you realize the, the, uh, the futility of 300 Instagram friends that you've never met and, and, and the likes being really not really relevant to how you feel about yourself. It all goes down to conflating Happiness with joy, and we talk about this pretty regularly. Happiness is contingent upon happenings. As long as I'm getting my way, I'm That's smiling. A really good, point. right? I like that definition. You're right. Yeah. Joy is a deep-seated emotional, spiritual, psychological wellness that you might like. Look, I've got a son buried on Shepherd's Hill. I went to his funeral. Was not happy. Okay cried my eyes out, but I never lost my joy. It's not happiness that the devil's trying to steal from us. He'd be very happy uh, that we were happy all the way into hell. He's trying to steal our joy. And the world has done a great job through that, largely through digital technology, to steal the joy of our kids. Are we happy? Sometimes, very often. But remember, even in laughter, the heart may ache. And we've got a lot of aching kids, which is why the suicide rate is where it's at today. Mm-hmm. So true. It's another Ask Trace installment of Licensed to Parent. It's a time when we take a break from regular guests and have Trace answer some hard questions that you as a parent are asking. If you have questions for Trace, simply email him, radio at licensedtoparent.org, and he'll answer your question in an upcoming program. We'll be right back with more Licensed to Parent right after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by troubledteen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. 
Welcome back to Licensed Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a residential treatment center for troubled teens. And today we are answering some hard questions. And we know you may have other questions. And if you have other questions, well, we want to hear from you. So email us radio at licensedaparent.org. And Trace Embry will answer them the next time that we do one of these Ask Traces specials on Licensed to Parent. Okay, so Trace, before the break, we were talking about just how many homes are child-centric, and we talked about boundaries, and we, we talked about just giving your child something to do, something else to do. I, I want to I want to turn our attention a little bit, kind of, well, actually more of a 90 degree turn here to another hot button topic. And that is something that's becoming popular, so to speak, popular, but also very serious. I want to talk about mental illness. How how often do you see this in teens coming to Shepherd's Hill? Well, I think we, largely what we call mental illness uh, it all starts in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. And I think our, our our friend John Roseman, who is no <laughs> no greenhorn, will tell you that modern mental health has probably done more to damage families and our culture than anything he can think of. And he's he's a doctorate level psychologist. Explain that modern mental health. Mm-hmm. What exactly is it doing to damage our families? Well, we're dispensing uh, medications for kids. They just don't need them. They they need more. Positive. By positive, I don't mean always smile and and, uh, and laugh and joke and fun, pleasure. I, I mean productive information, uh, surroundings, stimuli, uh, relationships. Uh, kids are starving for adults who have a clue. And, and mm-hmm. I, I, I hate to, I, I really hate to put it that way, but I am trying to gather some attention here on this subject. Mm-hmm. Kids don't trust adults anymore. N- not their parents, not their doctors, not their politicians, not their teachers. And if you if you watch the right news uh, outlets, you'll find they've got a darn good reason for not trusting them. Real good reason for not trusting them. Much of what meant uh, secular mental health today. And it's all that secular mental health that has bled into Christian mental health. It is largely counterintuitive to what Scripture says. 70% of the kids that come here on bushel loads of medications come to Shepherd's Hill with, on bushel loads of medications are leaving med-free. Now, why is that? It's largely because they didn't need it to begin with. Now, I, I'm not one of these people who say that uh, there's never a situation where a kid needs a medication to get through uh, whatever. There's no empirical scientific evidence, and you heard this before, that uh, Junior does what Junior does because he's got a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. No, no, no science behind that. No science behind that. No. If you put a if you put a chemical into a kid, you might change his behavior, but you mm. haven't changed his heart. That's right. True. You, you you can numb a kid to get through science class or, you know, an Adderall to get through English or whatever, but you're not changing his heart. In my generation, it was radio and TV that kept us busy and out of the hair of our parents. This generation, of course, it's the internet, smartphones, and it's a lot of bad information overload. And so whatever 
bad information ideas we got through music and entertainment, TV, radio, and, and, and whatnot. These kids are getting this and a ton more 24-7, 365. And it's bringing them in, into, you know, I've said this before. I'll try to see if I can recite it again. When you have too much information, some of that information is going to be false information, mm-hmm. right? But just too much information, even if, even if it's good information, is going to lead to too many choices, Mm-hmm. Too many choices leads to what? Indecision. Indecision leads to what? Anxiety. Mm-hmm. Anxiety leads to what? Depression. Depression leads to what? Well, any number of things from there, but uh, uh, certainly a distorted view of reality. You know, a distorted, Trace- let me just finish this. A distorted view of reality leads to a distorted view of self. A distorted view of self leads to self-loathing. Mm. Self-loathing leads to self-harm. Whether it's uh, addiction or cutting on yourself or whatever, if you have a distorted view of yourself, you can do some pretty crazy things to yourself. And that, of course, could go in any number of directions, including suicide. You know, Trace, I, I love how you you just laid that out for us, that whole process and that that really, that, the road that that we're all on. Because as you started off with, we have too many options. We have, you know, we have too much information out there, too many options that leads to anxiety, leads to depression. I'm not in the depressed state, but there's a lot of anxiety even in me as an adult because of all the options that are out there. And I find myself going, I just want my brain to shut off. Yes. I just, I, and, and yet I still open up my smartphone and go to one of the apps because I need new information. But I, and so it is such a hard thing. It's almost, it is an addiction. So how do we help our kids with this? Well, the first thing and the simplest thing, and which parents aren't going to agree that it's simple, is you take them away immediately. You don't, no kid should have a smartphone in his hand uh, if he's a dependent minor living in your home. That should be a no-brainer. I don't understand why it's not. But, you know, you you talk about shutting your mind off. Kids don't shut their mind off, especially girls put their yeah. phones under their pillow at night and because there's a, there's a common term out there, FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. Well, the key word in that equation should, should you know, light up people, fear, fear of missing out. We have pleasured, entertained, amused ourselves into imbecility. And, you know, you heard me say this before too, as a society, as a citizenry in arguably the wealthiest uh, uh, country in the world, we're systemically mentally ill. We got people in uh, high levels. I mean, you got this guy who just lost his job for stealing women's luggage and putting on the the clothing and then flaunting it out in public. This guy, he checks our nuclear energy. We have to have a trust level in the people who are leading this country who put these people in place, not because they're the best people in the job, but that we need equity, uh, and there's a, that's a whole conversation in and of itself. What's the difference between equity and equality? Well, here, you know, here's what equity would be. I'm a 66-year-old, six-foot man who, if equity uh, was taken to its logical end, I ought to demand through legal means that I have a spot on a team in the NBA. Why shouldn't I have a spot on a team in the NBA? <laughs> right? Well, I'll tell right. you why. Sure. I'm not talented enough. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, 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 
the meritocracy is gone. And that's why countries like China and Russia are looking at us like we're no threat to them because we've bought into a lot of stuff that is absolutely insane. And you've got professional mental health people with a lot of letters behind their name who are educated fools. And I, I make no apologies for that. They have the knowledge uh, of, of their particular uh, uh, point and knowledge base, and they, they have the brain power to regurgitate what they've learned, but they've bought into a lot of lies, rede redefinition of terms, and false premises, and now they're trying to puke that stuff out on the public who haven't lost their critical, constructive, and creative thinking capacities yet because they haven't been brainwashed with a 24-7 immersion into these addictive adult toys called smartphones. So what do parents need to do when a doctor says or a psychologist says, hey, your kid needs Ritalin or your kid needs this or your kid needs more of this? I, your kid needs to be on five different drugs to keep their anxiety down. What, mm -hmm. what should a parent do at that point? Get a second opinion. And then a third, research some people who actually know something beyond the, uh, the standard playbook of today's secular mental mm -hmm. health, quote unquote, professionals. There are a lot of players. There's endocrinologists uh, when it comes to the whole transgender thing. There are uh, naturopaths. There are, uh, you know, just it, any honest doctor who still has their critical, constructive, and creative thinking capacities will chuck the stuff that they learned in, in med school that, that isn't relevant to these situations. They have enough smarts to do that, and they're out there. You've got to find the right people. I'm telling you, we've had the wool pulled over our eyes by a lot of people. Am I, I'm not going so far as to say as a lot of people would say that there's nothing good that comes of, of, of modern mental health. I think there actually is. But I'm telling you, it's, 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 uh, it's something that really needs to be critically sorted out by parents. And, and the first thing they can do for their, for their own mental health and for their children's mental health is to get some wise protocol for, for their uh, digital interactions from video games to social media to you know, the internet in general, smartphones all that stuff. And I'm in the uh, middle of a book right now that's going to help parents with a lot of it. Mm. You know, Trace, at the beginning of our conversation about mental health, you had mentioned that there's a trust issue happening and that kids don't trust adults. They don't trust the government. They don't trust anybody. How can we start rebuilding that trust in our kids? Practice what we preach. Mm. Simply practice what we preach. And I'm speaking right now to the, to the Christian parents. You know, you, you got Christian parents who are telling your kids, you know, don't uh, look at this and go to this website and see that and participate in this and don't take your clothes off and send it to a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Or, they'll tell you that. And, and, and then don't watch this uh, particular movie or whatever. And while the junior's upstairs before he falls asleep, mom and dad are downstairs watching Game of Thrones. They're not modeling a Christ-likeness, and, and that totally blows the trust of Junior. Mm. And folks listening, I'm not mad at you. I, I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I'm passionate. I'm very yeah, passionate. I get are. to see, I have a proving ground for everything I'm, I'm talking about. I'm not making this stuff up from behind a desk or theorizing about this stuff. And there's so much more we can to, and need to talk about, I think. Yeah, well, and we're going to continue on. If you have a question and you want Trace to answer it, send it to us, radio at licensedparent.org, and we'll get that on in the next installment of 
Ask Trace on Licensed to Parent. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. You know, every year we help around 30 troubled teens and their families. And because of you and your generous giving, we've continued to do this through our therapeutic residential care. Shepherd's Hill Academy's nature-based therapy programs help turn teens in crisis and we set them on a path to success and we point them to the Savior. And you have been a big part of this. You know, we are wrapping up 2023 right now. And I ask you to give today to continue what we are doing here at Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can donate online. It's simple. Go to licensedparent.org and click donate. Our producer today is Rich Rosel. Carl Peetz is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.